The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. You've got it locked to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Wednesday, December 7th. I'm Donald Ware. It's the hump day edition of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. And I apologize that uh, we haven't been on. We didn't we didn't weren't able to come on with you Monday uh, or Tuesday as we wind down the football season. We don't want this to be sporadic, but there's a lot of things that we have going on. We have our report cards that are going on uh, with Box to Row. We have uh, the upcoming All-America team that's going to be released. So there's just a lot going on uh, with HBC, with uh, in HBCU football and with Box to Row. So we want you to have patience with us, but plenty, there is plenty to look at on our website at uh, BoxToRow.com. Also, if you've missed these podcasts uh, over this season, or really the last several seasons, you can always go back uh, to our website and check those out. So we got a lot going on. First of all, right, we had a football game on Saturday, the SWAC championship game, the game in which Jackson State defeated Southern 43-24. to Now, with respect to that game, it, 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 um, it was sort of a runaway uh, Jackson State was running away with that game. And then there was a point where Southern was able to close the game to within 12 points in the third quarter. But then Jackson State uh, just kind of uh, just scored one more uh, touchdown and and, uh, and and Southern really couldn't get anything going uh, from there. I think the one of the so obviously there's been a lot going on. OK, it was reported prior to the game that Deion Sanders would take the head coaching position at Colorado. He addressed it, if you remember last week, uh, and we talked about this, that he addressed it, that he was offered that job. But then the rumor again right before the SWAC championship game came out that said he was going to take the job. So we've had this whirlwind. He has, in fact, taken the position at Colorado. And there's a couple of different dynamics here that I want to address. And, and I do encourage you to go to our website at boxtorow.com. I laid this thing out uh, in column form. And so I'd like to really get your thoughts, whether you agree uh, or disagree. I remember going back to March of 2021 when I wrote a piece about uh, Deion Sanders and um, how things were. Um, it wasn't the, 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 the most complimentary uh, piece and I got a lot of feedback on both sides and we enjoy that like that's why we're we're here we're here to have open dialogue we're here to have debate you don't always have to agree with me I'm good I'm fine with that and sometimes you may say something that I didn't think about so please I encourage you uh, to check out the piece but I want to let, let me start here for those there's 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 different dynamics to this you have to me three different dynamics with respect 
to the Deion Sanders situation. You have what I would call the lay dynamic where people aren't really college football fans, not necessarily HBCU football fans, but because it's Deion Sanders uh, and him leaving an HBCU to go to Colorado, you have people that are hating on that, that are hating on Coach Sanders with respect uh, to leaving uh, and leaving HBCUs to go to a PWI. You have that dynamic. Then you have the dynamic of college football people, generally speaking, and those are uh, the people that generally talk uh, mainstream football, never talk HBCU football, have an opinion, which is fine. You can ha- listen. Everybody can have uh, an opinion, and there's those dynamics, the so-called mainstream national uh, people, national shows, writers, etc., that have uh, an opinion. And then you have those that are in HBCU sports that understand the dynamic, and specifically football, that understand uh, that dynamic of how HBCU football works. And of course, those people have an opinion. So I'm going to try to address all three of those. And I I think I did in the piece, if you want to read that piece. First of all, the lay people. So to me, those that believe that Deion Sanders leaving uh, Jackson State to go to Colorado, I've heard the, I've seen the word, heard the word sellout use. You're selling out HBCU football. You're selling out Jackson State to go to a, a, a PWI, uh, as, as, as it's known in the vernacular of HBCUs, um, th- th- that's a misguided thought process, and this is why. It's a mutual understanding when, between Jackson State and Deion Sanders when he came initially to Jackson State. What Deion Sanders needed was some head coaching experience, or just, well, two things, head coaching and general college experience. Um, He had been a high school coach, a head coach, but never on the collegiate level. So it sort of made his hiring, not a head scratcher, but one of those that's like, okay, well, you're hiring a guy that never had head coaching experience. But if you look at what happened that spring season, Jackson State went four and three last year. Jackson State uh, lost two football games, one to Louisiana Monroe, the other to South Carolina State for what amounted to the HBCU National Championship. And then this year, so far, Jackson State has not lost a single football game. So he's had success um, and he got the experience and won as he needed to make the next level Move. I'm not necessarily saying that he came in and used Jackson State to get to the next level. But look, let's be honest about this thing. If you're at Jackson State or any of the SWAC or MEAC schools, as it currently stands right now, it's a means to an end. In other words, when if you win your conference championship, you're going to play in the game in Atlanta, okay, and so that's it, it, for for the opportunity. Now, again, it's for the opportunity to uh, to win the national championship. Listen, there are no guarantees that because you win that game in Atlanta, you're going to be uh, the HBCU national champions. 
I think that a lot of people believe that that game is the HBCU National Championship game. It is not the HBCU National game. It just so happened uh, happens that the last all of the years that that game was played, the HBCU National Champion was decided, including last year when South Carolina State won. Now, remember, South Carolina State going into that game against uh, Jackson State last year may have been ranked like four or five won the game, it didn't have the best record, it was like 6-5 and five going into that game, didn't have the best record, won that game, and uh, as as released by Box to Row through the coaches poll, okay, or or the, the as we call them, the HBCU coaches poll, was named HBCU National Champ. So we, we you know, that's, that's number one. That game is not, because again, as I've always said, if all of your schools aren't represented, particularly, let's just go to the Division One route or the FCS route. Hampton is not in either conference. Tennessee State is not in either conference. And A&T is not in either conference. So how can you have a true, and that doesn't even include the Division Two school. So how can you have a true national championship game? That's number one. Okay, but for those that, um, believe that he sold out or listen it was a mutual understanding he went to Jackson State had the success did some good things at Jackson State won some ball games and then was offered an opportunity at a powers five school Jackson State on the other hand received notoriety that it wouldn't ordinarily receive uh, the SWAC benefited I mean if you want to say HBCUs as a whole Probably because, again, when you talk about those, I talked about lay people, that people that are outside of college football and HBCUs definitely are talking. Like I've listened to a a bunch of shows that are not HBCU or college related that a lot of people are talking about this because it's Deion Sanders because of who he is. So it it, it was a benefit. I mean, now when I say a benefit directly to other HBCUs, not, I mean, did it bring, you know, let's look at an A&T. Did it bring, uh, because I want to look at, uh, let's look at successful inst- uh, a successful institution and then one maybe that is not as successful. When I say successful, I mean winning on the field in terms of the fan base, et cetera. For an A&T, did it really allow for a better recruiting for A&T because Deion Sanders was at Jackson State? I would say no. Even if I looked at the Delaware State, by the way, um, you know, Rod Milstead is out, hadn't had a chance to address that. I want to want to be able to address that and may address that on the weekend edition uh, of Box to Row as he's out as the head coach uh, at Delaware State. Hadn't had a chance to address it, will address it. Um, maybe doesn't have uh, the great fan base, hasn't had the success, uh, right? Didn't benefit, didn't probably didn't really benefit them from players on the field. But to think that he's a sellout, because he left Jackson State. Again, it's a means to an end. You're going to play for the HBCU National Championship. That's it. Him moving on now to Colorado means he's going to have an opportunity to play for the the National Championship in all of college football. We got to remember something, guys, especially lay people. It's not like he left Jackson State to go to for instance, North Dakota State, right? A school that, or even let's let's look at it. Let, let's let, let's you know, North Dakota State probably is you know 
I mean, you talk about great championship teams. North Dakota State has is, is been great. But it's not like he left Jackson State to go to a comparable FCS program that's a PWI. He didn't do that. He went next level. So it's not, it's comparing apples and oranges. And again, I'm talking for those that may not understand that. It's comparing apples and oranges. Now he goes to a program where he has an opportunity to play for a national championship at the FBS ranks, or as we call it, the, and be in the college football playoffs. Now, will do I think he'll have success at Colorado? I think eventually he will. Will he win a Pac-12 championship as we know the Pac-12 uh, to be now? Um, uh, uh, or uh, ex- um, will he be able to win a championship, um, I should say, um, as we know things uh, to be right now? Um, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, we'll ultimately see how things are able to uh, play out uh, in this particular scenario. I mean, you know, he's got a lot of work to do. I mean, he had a chance to talk and, you know, I mean, I mean you've got established programs. You've got Oregon, Oregon. You've got USC, Lincoln Riley just coming on the scene with, with his quarterback, Williams. Like, those are established programs. And you're not going to win right away. You know, I don't think he'll have the success that he had at Jackson State. But again, say he's a sellout. I don't, ag- I don't agree with that um, at all. Now, to the college football people, generally speaking, everybody has an opinion. And, you know, I chuckle um, a little bit because, you know, and I said this in the piece, for all of those mediums, big medium. I'm not going to name any specific ones, but you know who I'm talking about, so-called mainstream uh, mediums. I want you to keep the same energy with your coverage that you gave Deion Sanders with his time at Jackson State now that he's not there. I need that same energy and that same coverage when it relates to HBCU football. Okay, you have those people everybody has an opinion about this that and the other have no really idea about hbcu football some that may have an idea or even there are those that are that have gone to hbcus that's not what you do on a daily basis that have an opinion it's great have have your opinion all i'm saying is give us the same energy that you with Dion out that you gave when Dion was in. And it's not just because he left to go to Colorado. They gave energy throughout the course of his time at Jackson State. And that's the notoriety. I mean, you cannot deny the notoriety that Dion Sanders brings, not only to Jackson State, but everywhere he goes and what he's going to bring um, to Colorado. So you have that dynamic of it. Um, great for your opinion. It's great to be, you know, that. Um, and it's not really HBCUs. And I wrote in this piece, listen, it's one person. You know, we cannot allow, you cannot allow for one person to be the focal point of HBCU football. There's been too much history. Too many things have happened. And listen, again, those that don't think that HBCU football gets a lot of um, notoriety, and there are, there are people that are in the three groups I mentioned, lay people, college football people, and HBCU people that don't think, listen, you know, 
we have to understand that it's an apples and oranges. Yeah, HBCU may not get the same coverage that FBS programs get or Power Five programs get, and they probably and and who says we should, right? Maybe from a historical standpoint, but I mean, you're talking about you know um, a lot of those guys go on, they play in the league. I mean, if you look at the league, I mean, I don't know the percentage of HBCU players that are in the it was a low percentage we know that but in terms of even non-fbs schools like 10 percent. so you know they're getting the they're getting that notoriety i get all of that but when you talk about swack you talk about miak okay on just on that level and you know you talk about tennessee state hampton and ant there's a lot of coverage for those schools that are more than the pwis in the FCS, I mean, for many years, the only the ESPN's only deals with FCS conferences was with the SWAC and the MEAC. Now that is expanded, but if you look at those Thursday night games and some of the Saturday night games, right? It's only the SWAC and MEAC that have their games broadcast, and not any of the PWIs. We got to compare apples and oranges um, a lot of times in this situation. That said, we cannot, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that we, we, we don't get the coverage that the FBS programs get and certainly the Power 5 programs get, but we get more coverage as much or more than the PWIs on our same level, whether that's at the F- FCS level or at the division two levels. We got to compare apples and oranges, and that's more for the lay people. Three, let's address uh, the people that are inside of HBCU uh, football that are in the know, right? I mean, listen, we, we, you know, a lot of us understand what it is, and you got to understand, you know, I know Jackson State underst- had to have understood this. This, this train wasn't going to last forever. Um, Excuse me, it was a mutual understanding between both Jackson State and Deion Sanders. De- Jackson State got an inordinate amount of coverage. The SWAT got an inordinate amount of coverage that it normally would not have gotten. But I also want to see the same energy and, and you know from HBCU mediums covering HBCU. A lot of HBCU mediums, I think, popped up when Deion Sanders popped up, right? Um, even some of those, you know, that have been around a lot more coverage need to see that same energy. Now that Jackson, that now that Deion Sanders is moving on from Jackson state. So those are those three, um, dynamics. His time at Jackson state was controversial in a lot of respects. It's why I wrote the piece I wrote last year, um, addressing some of the incendiary things that he was saying. Now, after, you know, since that time, he's calmed down uh, a little bit. However, we did have an incident where after, and, and, after, and I want to address him, how, how his presence overshadowed HBCU and Jackson State, and, you know, a lot of times. But listen, he had a plane waiting for him after the SWAC championship game to take him to Colorado for an introductory press conference where he also addressed the team in a separate meeting, which you can find that um, on uh, on uh, you can find that on social media. Um, whereas 
He did not show up for a packed, it was a packed room of media waiting. My understanding is maybe about 40, you know, 40 to 50 medium people in the room waiting for him to come to talk to the media as you generally, as you do after a football game or after a championship game on the collegiate, on all levels, collegially, professionally. That's what happens. He did not come and address them. Okay, he did not address the media. He almost, from my understanding, did not, uh, was not on stage to accept the trophy uh, for, to as the SWAC champion, okay? Because he had to hurry up and get out of there. And by the way, haven't seen the video yet, but have been alerted. I, somebody told, I, I was, t- not somebody, I was told by multiple people that this is what happened. He had a plane waiting. He was in very much a rush, rush almost didn't come to the, the um the championship trophy celebration and did not address uh, the media because he had to catch a flight told by that by many people and there's video to confirm how much of a rush that he was in so you know you have that dynamic um as well that's a that's controversial he had at best uh, misunderstandings with other coaches in the swag and and i say misunderstanding i'm using that that's at best um you know a lot of things that he said over the t- over over these um two years now three seasons uh two years as the head coach uh really incendiary almost uh, almost in my opinion and i wrote about this um downing hbcus to a lot of re- in a lot of respects now he's he, he he's you know he's he he hasn't done that or hadn't done that um as much but i think his actions after the game spoke to me remember the whole i'm swack thing with him and uh, eddie robinson the head coach at alabama state and remember when Ellie, when uh, when uh, eddie robinson said i'm swack he ain't swack i'm swack right and then Dion mocked him afterwards said no i'm swack well sh- not showing up for the swack almost not showing up for the swack championship trophy presentation and not showing up to the media that ain't swack okay so you know, you you can say what you want. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times over the over the time, um, he overshadowed a lot of situations. Like, look, look at what we're talking about. We're not even talking, and, and, and I'm not even talking about lay lay people, people outside of college and outside, of, and specifically outside of HBCUs. I'm talking about uh, folks. Uh, even inside that aren't even talking about the SWAC championship game, which Jackson state won. No, we're talking about this whole thing with Deion. Sanders. So a lot of times he overshadowed his presence. That's not his fault. Okay. He's Deion Sanders. I get it. But his presence overshadowed a lot of things that happened in HBCU sports because it was all about Deion. And that's one of the things that we have to be very, very careful um, about. One person cannot make HBCU sports and HBCU football, okay? Listen, I hope now with now that he's leaving, and by the way, it remains to be, he says he's going to coach in the, uh, in, the, in the game in Atlanta against North Carolina Central, who has a really good football team. A lot of questions there. Um. Ashley Robinson hasn't said he was going to coach. He's the athletics director at uh, at Jackson State. You're, and how do you do that? Like, you can't, I don't think you could put your full emphasis 
on Jackson State that week or for the two-week preparation when you have another coaching uh, situation at Colorado. Now, assistants can handle things, but what if there's something that comes up that requires him to be a part of that? He's got to leave that situation. I'm not saying going to Colorado, but he has to take time away from the preparation to go and do that. Can you really do that, right? Reportedly, Shador Sanders, Travis Hunter, others are in the transfer portal, stars of this team. I don't think, I don't know. You know, I hadn't had a chance to look it up. If you're in the transfer portal, can you now play in a season, a game with the team, the program you're leaving? I don't think so. I'm not 100% sure about that. So look, there's a lot of questions that still need to really be answered as it relates to this whole situation. Um, Again, you know, when you talk about HBCU football, there's a great history in HBCU sports. There's a great history with it. To those lay people, I hope now that you will continue to follow HBCU football and HBCU sports. Maybe you've learned something along the way um, about the history. Some of the greatest players, and if you didn't know, let me tell you, some of the greatest players to ever play in the National Football League, some of the great, you know, great, not as many, but some of the great NBA players, um, you know, some some Major League Baseball players, track and field, and then even outside of sports, when you're talking about great people, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Oprah Winfrey, Thurgood Marshall, the list goes on and on. If you want to talk about outside of, you know, even outside of uh, that world, if you want to talk about in in, uh, in the entertainment world, Chadwick Boseman, P. Diddy, Anthony Anderson, um, so and many, many more went to HBCU. So there's a history already there. And there are some great ones that are in those realms now that came out of HBCUs, whether it's in the NFL, whether it's in Kamala Harris. Ms. Kamala Harris is the vice president of the United States. So for those that don't understand that, Past, present, future. Greatness comes out of HBCUs. Okay? We got to be careful that that one person can... The foc- We have to be careful that the focus is not on one person as I think it was in a lot of respects. A lot of people says, well, he, he brought a lot of notoriety to HBCUs. Okay, maybe. I mean, yes. I mean, I guess yes. But when he's gone, what now? Are you still going to be there? Lay people, are you still going to be there? Are you still going to have an understanding of what's going on? Are you going to follow some of these people? That's what I'm sort of interested to see. But you got to be careful, you know, that, that, that there's one person. It has to be a collective of people that have an interest in HBCU football, specifically sports broadly. So, you know, that sort of uh, would be uh, my thought. You know, again, had a chance to really lay this thing out. Gave you a bunch of thoughts on this edition of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Um, give me your thoughts. You can hit me up a couple of different ways. Uh, on Box to Row, on Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. 
on my personal Twitter account at dware one at dware one and let's have or continue this conversation. If you hit me up, if you're respectful, uh, I will address you whether you agree with me or not. If you're respectful, I definitely will. I, I, I hit every, I basically hit everybody back now. If you're disrespectful, I don't generally, I don't address disrespectfulness, but if you're respectful, whether you agree with me or not, I'm going to uh, definitely get back to you. Again, on my Twitter account, at dware one or on the box to row uh, Twitter account, at box to row Listen, we got a lot going on here. We've got report cards. If you listen to uh, our show, uh, box to row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, which airs each Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central Time, and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. That's channel 84. I gave my thoughts on Savannah State and gave the grades for all of the teams from Savannah State. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be giving grades to the teams from the MEAC, uh, to the teams from the CIAA, and to the teams from the SWAC um, as well, as well as to Tennessee State, A&T, and Hampton, uh, you know, West Virginia State, Lincoln, uh, uh, Lincoln of Missouri. Uh, you've got quite, you know, Florida Memorials, quite a few teams. Um, so check that out. Uh, on our show over the next couple of weeks. Uh, matter of fact, I think what we'll do is post the grades to uh, our uh, our website at boxrow.com and then tell you why we gave the grade uh, that we gave. Also, speaking of coaches, okay, I want to I want to put this bug in your ear, and this is probably not only for lay people. This is probably for the other th- two groups I mentioned, which are college football people. And then HBCU people who are into HBCU sports. So from the research I've done, and I'm happy to be corrected, there's only been one HBCU grad or HBCU alum that had become a head football coach at an FBS institution. And that was Willie Jeffries at Wichita State going back to the late 70s to the early to mid 80s. Okay, hadn't been one since. There is one if there hadn't been another one there is one now currently Charles Huff is the head football coach at Marshall Marshall had a has had a really good season eight and four on the season defeated Notre Dame remember that was a big deal going back to the second week of the season and will be in a bowl game Charles Huff the head football coach at uh at Marshall is a Hampton grad and he's going to join us this week on box to row you don't want to miss that because I'm going to talk with him um, about what it means to be um, a an HBCU grad and a coach at an FBS institution since he's only the second one ever, according to the research that I've done. I'm happy to be corrected if you know something that's a little bit different. So I'm really excited to have him on. We're going to close the season out as we do the last couple of weeks on, on the Box to Row programs uh, on a radio station near you as well as on Sirius XM um, with... Uh, our year in review shows where we run back some of the great inter, uh, conversations that we've had over the course uh, of the year. So a lot going on here. Um, and uh, we want you to be a part of it at box to row. And for more information on uh, what we do at box to row, you can log on to our website at box Also, I encourage you to read the piece uh, that I, that, that I wrote uh, about this whole situation uh, the title of the piece, as a matter of fact, is called a, a Parting Shot for Prime Time. A Parting Shot for Prime Time. So I invite you to check that out. 
Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, where you can find us on our website at BoxToRow.com. Also, wherever you may get your podcast and iHeartMedia.com and watching on the Box to Row YouTube page. Talk with you real soon. Thank you.